sell high. We're going to give you some players to trade for and trade away on this episode of Fantasy Baseball today. And listen, sports trades are scary. One person can be replaced by another, exchanged for money, or given away for a hypothetical future person. And once they leave your team, you can't like them anymore, even if you have their jersey, which you can't wear anymore. Except at B-dubs, they won't judge, but others might. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings Beer Sports. Heath is like the resident Buffalo Wild Wings fanatic. I'm, Expert. Yeah, and I'm a big fan too. I love it's a good place. Yeah, I, as a reminder, because we've got a lot of new listeners, and maybe they never knew this, you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you order first the wings, mm-hmm. so make sure they have bones in them, so they are actually wings, <laughs> and then you get the dry rub buffalo. Ah. Buffalo dry rub. They, the, I, they have lots of good flavors, but if you, a lot of people just stick with all the, uh, the sauces and they're good, but go over to the dry rub side, get the buffalo, life changing. Okay. So. I like, I like a boneless wing. Even it, though it's not a wing, it's just a Chris, nug. we, we all like chicken nuggets. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> nugs are great. Who doesn't love a nug? But if you're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, you should get wings. Yeah, Buffalo Wild Nuggets, on the other hand. Yeah, wings for lunch today, aren't they? So if you guys take a look at the notes, I, 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 I'm not sure we've ever had the potential for a more, for a more informative and, and incredible show. I'm just, I don't like to put pressure on you, but based on the rundown I've created, and I know I'm going to deliver on my end, if you guys deliver, we, we may have the best show we've ever had. So. Mm, I don't feel comfortable with this. <laughs> well, let's give it Undersell. a Undersell. Always, Adam. I plan on having the best show we've ever had, but I always plan on that. I bring my A game 110% every time that I'm on the podcast. You plan on having the best show ever every time? Every time. Just keep raising the bar, Chris. Yeah. Well, we're not off to a— I know that's probably hard for me. Yeah, I don't don't like failing every day. We're not off to a great start, so let's uh, (laughs) let's get going. Let's play a game called Guess Who, which I did play this weekend with a four-year-old kid, and it was fantastic, and I won. I know the answer. Uh, all right, well then you don't get to guess. Last ten games, three. Damn it! All right, we'll let the listeners have like five seconds to think okay. about it. Three for thirty-seven. Three for thirty-seven with one double, three walks, and seventeen strikeouts. Three wow. walks, seventeen strikeouts. Three for thirty-seven. Ooh, that's bad. Eric Thames. Eric yeah, you've Thames. brought up. No, it's not Eric Thames, is it? Oh, yeah, it's it Eric Thames. Okay. I only know that because I did a video on him yesterday and said he was three for his last 33, and then he went over four yesterday, so it's pretty easy to keep up with that. I I knew it because on Tuesday's podcast, you brought up his last eight games. On Wednesday's podcast, you brought up his last nine games, so I figure— We've been building to this all week long. <laughs> you, wait, you or, knew it, Chris? You just got it wrong. You just said it. it's not Eric Well, because I, I was looking at his uh, baseball reference page, and it hadn't updated yet. Yeah. See, I didn't. I just used my brain. Me too. So, um, Travis Shaw now has a higher OPS than Eric Thames. Sure, and Heath, you have Eric Thames as a buy low. Uh, to yes. Convince me. He's in a funk, and um, it's really the first funk that's been concerning, I guess, because the last time that he went through one of these extended cold streaks, he continued to walk. The strikeout numbers didn't really go up that much. So this one is a little bit more concerning. Okay. But I just look at his upcoming schedule, and yes, he's facing the Reds right now. They have the worst pitching in baseball. It's sad that he hasn't broken out of it yet. He gets to go home next week and face the Orioles and the Marlins, two of the worst starting pitching staffs in all of baseball. Then he gets to go to Yankee Stadium after that. Eric Thames is breaking out of this very, very soon. 
Okay, but but if he doesn't, I mean, you can't rule out the possibility that the league is just figuring him out, right? It, yeah, well, and it would be was, weird. There was a um, there's a piece in Fangraphs about how he's struggling with fastballs uh, since about the start of May, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I agree with Heath and him being a, a, a buy low just because he was so good in the first month that the person who bought him probably thinks. I got a stud. I'm the smartest person in America. And then this extended slump that he's been on, and especially recently, I think there's there's the potential for too much overcorrection in response to both him being really good and then the slump. Okay, so Eric Thames, buy low candidate, more buy low and sell high a little bit later. But, you know, yesterday was a really interesting day. We've got some potentially new closers, where we do have some... Well, one actual new closer, and uh, we had some call-ups that we need to talk about. I will go through some of the big news with Chris Bryant potentially needing a stint on the DL. We did the Reddit AMA yesterday. I, I came away with the five most interesting questions from Reddit. I think you will enjoy those. We will get into Heath and Chris's buy lows and sell highs. I, I have fun with fan graphs in the notes, but don't know if we'll get to it because we have to talk about stuff like this. New closers. All right, Mark Melanson's on the DL. Sam Dyson will close, even though Hunter Strickland got the save yesterday. Dyson wasn't available. Uh, your level of interest in Sam Dyson, 1 to 10, 0 to 10. I mean, you have to have some interest just because of the opportunity he's going to get, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Hunter Strickland has as many saves as Sam Dyson does over this stretch. I don't and think Sam Dyson's good. I, I think Sam Dyson's fine. I think we saw the absolute worst stretch of his career to start the season. Um, but he's been really good for, what, three years before that. The big thing for me is the Giants aren't exactly giving a lot of opportunities for saves. Nope. That's true, too. So it's entirely possible that Mark Melanson misses three weeks and Hunter Strickland's one save is matched by uh, Sam Dyson. But I would say he's relatively low on the closer scale but that's still relatively high for waiver wire in general great so i asked you guys to give me a number i already told you that you need to step up your game if this is going to be the best show ever four thank you heath no uh edwin diaz (laughs) do you think he could on the likely to lose his job meter uh edwin diaz is a zero to ten uh three point six seven i don't think he should lose his job. I don't believe the Mariners have someone that would be better at his job than he currently is. Even if he does lose his job, I think he'll get it back shortly. Okay. Three. Three. 3.5 and three for Diaz on the like. No, it was a 3.67. 3.67. more worried than 3.5. Whatever it was. Uh, last three appearances, seven runs, three earned runs. And uh, before that, he had given up one earned run in 13 appearances. So Scott Service said he is likely sticking with Diaz as his closer. If you were going to pick up anybody else in the Mariners' bullpen, who would it be? I guess Nick Vincent. We guess but Nick I, Vincent. Yeah, I'm I'm less excited about him than I would be about Sam Dyson. Oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal got the save for St. Louis, but he allowed a run. He had two wild pitches. I think there may have been some walks in there. He was terrible, and he has been terrible now for for a while. Rosenthal looks like Rosenthal now. Um, who do you think is the closer for the Cardinals? I expect it to be some sort of a committee with several guys struggling, but Sung Wan Oh would still be my favorite Cardinals reliever to own. 
Uh, yeah, that's probably the case for me. I just Trevor Rosenthal, like you said, looks like Trevor Rosenthal again. The control's gone away from him. He's got a 6.28. He had a 6.28 ERA in his last 17 appearances before last night. Oh, and he gave up a run, and like I said, two wild pitches. It was a mess. So that was good for the O owner, even though he didn't get the save. Camber Drosian, one of the most, uh, one of the better questions, I actually got this a couple times on, on Reddit and during, I think during the AMA yesterday was who is the Angels closer? But Drosian blew his second save in five chances yesterday. He gave up a home run to Yasmani Grandal in the ninth inning. Uh, Bud Norris making his way back from the DL. Who is the Angels closer? When Bud Norris is healthy, I think it's going to be Bud Norris. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you should hang on to Bedrosian just in case? I would not drop Bedrosian for any of these speculative guys we've talked about so far in this section. I would drop him for someone like Fernando Rodney. We all agree Cam Bedrosian is the best reliever in that bullpen. I, I think he is the most talented reliever in that bullpen. I don't know that he is... 2016 Camber Drosian right now. He has been. Well, not right well, now. Not since coming off the DL. Okay. But, you know, you, this kind of happens with closers. They get sort of usurped. Speaking of which, well, Co- well let's move on. Cody Allen. Cody Allen, uh, another bad one. A non-save situation. Gave up another home run. That's three home runs allowed in his last four appearances. He still has a 290 ERA. Only one blown save. Uh, 0-10 to worryometer on Cody Allen. You know, uh, if a starting pitcher gave up three earned ru- three home runs in four innings, we would be like, wow, that's bad. But we wouldn't necessarily be worried. But because it's a closer and it comes over the span of like a week and it's four appearances, I think we tend to view it a little differently. And I'm not sure we should. Cody Allen's very good. I'm not worried about it. I will uh, – I'll put it at a four – I don't think he's going to lose his job to Andrew Miller because it makes a lot of sense. The Indians are correct in the way they're using Andrew Miller, and they should stick with it. Okay. Yeah, Cody Allen is an elite player. He, he does and, this and, every year. And the, like the thing is, it would almost – the way I believe the Indians are viewing this and the way I think all teams probably should view this, Andrew Miller's current role is more important and valuable to the team than Cody Allen's. Yes. Yeah. So – I don't think Cody Allen can perform poorly and Andrew Miller be moved out of a more important role into Allen's role so that the worst pitcher pitches the more important role. No. The Indians are ahead of most of baseball. Allen's going to stay put. Yeah. Cody Allen, I mean, he had a, he had a uh, 697 ERA in April last year and, and then he, you know, was one of the best closers in baseball and he, in the postseason, 13 and two thirds innings, no runs, 24 strikeouts. And finally, Cody Glover has severe inflammation. And two separate strains in his shoulder. Coda Glover not coming back all that soon. Who the heck is the national? I don't think they've had a save chance in forever since maybe Matt Albers blew one like almost two weeks ago. God, I, I don't really remember. But um, who's the closer for the Nationals? The Nationals do not have a closer. Yeah, it's someone on like the White Sox or <laughs> Marlins. Uh, like Mets, they- maybe Addison Reed might be the Met, the Nationals closer. Who would you own? I think I would own Albers if anyone. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the best, the most likely guy to get a save tomorrow, I think. Okay. 
Well, that does it for an underwhelming round of new closers. Now let's talk about call-ups, which I think also might be pretty underwhelming. So the Cubs called up Victor Caratini, a catcher. They DFA'd Miguel Montero. I wonder why. The Diamondbacks called up Cattell Marte, who's been ripping it up at AAA. The Yankees called up Miguel Andujar, and he set a, a Yankees record with four RBIs in his Major League debut. And Tyler Austin's about to go on the DL, it seems, so it looks like Dustin Fowler, an outfielder, uh, is going to be called up. Uh, Jake yeah, Won, Jake Wong was called up for San Francisco. Interesting story here. This guy was very good in Korea. Came to, uh, the minors, struggled early. He was trying to hit a home run every time up. Changed his approach, had a great month of June with a 424 on base in the minors. And Jake Yun Wong homered for San Francisco yesterday. And, uh, that was against a lefty, by the way. He's much better against lefties. And the Royals called up Jorge Soler. All the guys that got called up yesterday or are about to get called up in the case of Dustin Fowler, uh, we're talking about Victor Caratini, a catcher for the Cubs, Cattell Marte, a couple of Yankees, Jake Yun Wong, and Jorge Soler. Interested in picking up any of them? In a standard 12-team league? No. No. Um, the ones I'm most interested in would have to be Cattell Marte and Jorge Soler, just because we've seen them in the majors before. They've got some kind of track record, and... I still think Cattell Marte can be a useful fantasy shortstop. I do too. The problem is they put Nick Ahmed in the, on the DL. They bring up Marte and he doesn't, he's, I don't even think yeah. he's going to start. He didn't start. He bring up as a utility guy. He, he didn't start, but look, they can, they can use Owings in the outfield, which I would suspect, I'm going like, I'm thinking the next game that he, that Marte's playing shortstop and Owings is in the Chris outfield. Owings has been pretty bad at shortstop this season too. But here's the problem. AJ Pollock coming back maybe next week. Yasmani Tomas coming back maybe next week. So he's just going to have to straight up play over Chris Owings, and I'm not sure that's happening for Cattell Marte. If, if there's a guy that has the best chance of just playing most every day for the rest of the year, it's still there. But he came back yesterday and went one for five with two strikeouts, so he, he's going to have to actually hit, which he was in AAA. Brandon Moss has been one of the worst hitters in all of baseball. There's a path for Solaire. He would be my favorite on this list. Yep. Okay. What'd you have for dinner last night, guys? I had a I had Duffy's. Okay, boring. Chris? I don't I don't want to talk about it. Alright, boring. I had pork chops over barley with a delicious sauce that had some honey, some vinegar. I had sauteed carrots and a cucumber salad last night. That's what I get with blue apron. Three times a week, I'm cooking and eating delicious meals with fresh ingredients. Why don't you do yourself a favor, people? Please go to blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball for three free meals. Blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. You'll also be supporting our show, which would be wonderful. Let me tell you why you should get Blue Apron. It's affordable. Less than $10 per person per meal. There's variety. You can customize your menu. New recipes every week, and I love that. I eat so much food that I've never tried before. I do that all the time with Blue Apron. It's easy. Step-by-step instructions, the exact amount of each ingredient you'll need. And it's fresh. It's so good. It arrives at your door. How easy is that? And check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. That's blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. The big news. Chris Bryant left with an ankle injury. He's going to miss at least two games and may need a DL stint. Is that the, like, the most frustrating injury? He just stepped on the freaking bag after catching yeah, a, a pop-up. Yeah, it was so, like... It was just so nonchalant. Yeah. Darn it. Darn it to heck. 
Chase Anderson's on the DL with an oblique strain. That stinks. Uh, he did this while swinging a bat. I think we can all agree that uh, pitchers hitting is, uh, is stupid, and we should institute the DH. All teams should have the DH. Yeah. There's, there's no question. It's okay. better baseball. Good. Glad we agree. Corey Seager could be back today or tomorrow, and Nolan Arenado and Scott Shevler made ridiculous defensive plays yesterday. Shevler saved a three-run homer. Uh, which instead was a sack fly. He kept two runs off the board for Luis Castillo, who's only 19% owned. So before we get into the rest of the show, the buy low, sell high stuff, is there anyone that from yesterday, we talked about the closers, we talked about the the, the minor leaguers coming back up or coming up. Anyone that you felt, uh, I need to go pick this guy up? I'm extremely interested in Luis Castillo and what he's done in his first two starts. I didn't realize he throws this hard. He's oh, yeah. like... Luis Severino velocity, <laughs> 97.2 with his fastball, 98.1 in his first start. Um, and has a really good feel for his changeup, which is a really surprising thing for a young pitcher who doesn't have a big pedigree. Uh, had 18 swinging strikes last night. I think he's someone that definitely needs to get picked up. 19% on Luis Castillo, staying in the rotation for now, I believe. And, uh, you know, look, it wasn't a great start. If that ball goes over the wall, if Shevler doesn't make uh, a, a great catch to rob Stephen Vogt of a home run, it's four runs in five innings, as it was two runs in five innings. Um, but, yeah, there's potential here. And, again, the control should be better. He had good control yep. in the minors. Uh, so, you know, we talked about that on Monday, but Luis Castillo is someone that you might want to pick up. Heath, I, I picked up Sam, Dy- Sam Dyson. Uh, you know, I had Melanson in one league. Heath, uh, anyone for you? Well, I will say that Carlos Rodon is still available out there in leagues and his first start was a little bit rusty, but it wasn't awful either. I'm, I'm pretty encouraged and expect him to be a top 40 pitcher. And the velocity the was fine for yeah. him, which is a, a very good sign. Four swinging strikes for Carlos Rodon, who's in our lack of control freaks. You've heard of control freaks. These are lack of control freaks. Rodon and Blake Snell uh, walked 11 batters combined in 10 innings. They both went five innings. Snell gave up six runs. Rodon gave up none. So he actually, yeah, he settled in and pitched okay. But, you know, last 12 starts last season, Rodon, 22 walks in 73 innings, 345 ERA. So we won't judge him too harshly on this one star, right? Yeah, I think, look, we we always say don't start guys in their first game back from a long DL stint. I think that was the case here. You shouldn't have started him. He's rusty. And there's a chance he's not very useful for a little while as he figures things out because he's still, you know, change-up to field pitch. And he doesn't have a, a great feel for the change-up to begin with, so he needs to develop it, and that's going to be the key for him. Most interesting Reddit questions. Who would you rather have in a keeper league for the next three seasons, assuming the contracts are equal, Aaron Judge or Cody Bellinger? I think it probably still has to be Judge. Um, you're getting his 25, 26, 27 seasons as opposed to Bellinger 22, 23, 24. And Judge has been better. Yeah, I, the, the fact that you're qualifying it over three years means it's Judge. Like if you're saying who's better over the next ten years, then it's probably Bellinger. But that doesn't that doesn't matter. You can't project ten years from now anyway. Mm-hmm. What is your serial Mount Rushmore? My serial cinnamon Mount toast Rushmore. crunch, mm-hmm. Reese's puffs, Captain Crunch. Oh, and God. those are really the only cereals I ever eat. I guess a uh, Special K red berries and yogurt. That's one big like, cereal. Do you eat? What? That's one I don't big like cereal. cereal. We talked about this earlier. Cereal is dessert. It's not breakfast. 
Captain Crunch is on my most overrated cereal, Mount Rushmore. So what's on your actual cereal, Mount Rushmore? Uh, I'll agree with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Everybody has Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's the best cereal. Yes. Apparently. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big, uh, Frosted Flakes guy. They're no. great. They, they are. Um, but bad. I really, really, and I eat it a lot now. Chris always says cereal is not a breakfast. This cereal is a breakfast. It's the Cheerios protein with like clusters of nuts and protein. Really good. Ooh, O's. Take out the special K. Put O's in there. Love some O's. And then I'm going to go with Fruity Pebbles. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's my favorite dessert cereal. My Mount Rushmore that I said yesterday on Reddit was Golden Grahams, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Raisin Bran, which, you know, obviously, what? Raisin Bran. And li- I love life. Life is so good. Uh, I mean, life is great. We could talk about baseball all the time. But yeah, Raisin Bran drew a lot of skepticism, but, uh, not on Reddit, but, you know, privately. Yeah, raisins are terrible. No, they're not. But everybody has Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Scott's, Scott's Mount Rushmore of cereals was the worst I've ever seen. Worse than what Chris just said? You wait till you yes. hear this. Crackling oat bran. Yeah. Frosted mini wheats. Great grains, raisins, dates, and pecans. <laughs> and cinnamon toast crunch. It's like you're trying to make a stupid Mount Rushmore. Who's going to see that Mount Rushmore? That's pretty awful. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, look, Scott's a, a 60 year old man. What can you say? <laughs> what, what is great grains, raisins, dates, and pecans? Nobody born before 1957 has ever eaten a date. No, is side of prune juice with that, Scott? Uh, they wanted to know about- I've actually eaten dates. I've had dates. Sometimes they're in the Blue Apron meals. They're actually pretty good. There's uh, a restaurant by my house that does bacon wrapped dates. Ooh, bacon wrapped anything is pretty good. Uh, the Reddit people wanted to know about the Angels relievers. We talked about that. And, uh, the la- I'll skip this one because it's a long one, but how about this one? Adam, in all honesty, do you enjoy fantasy baseball or fantasy football more? Oh. I enjoy whatever season is upcoming the most. <laughs> like, I'm, whatever, whichever season starts you. Right around the corner. So you're, right now you're into football? Yes. Oh. The the social aspects of football are are what give it the edge for me. I just, there's just not there's not as many opportunities for trash talk in fantasy baseball or the. Have you seen Team Scam's record in the For the People League? <laughs> uh, that's basically what I said. I actually like the actual game of fantasy baseball better than fantasy football. But fantasy football is more fun. You got more action on one day. Everything's on Sunday. People are more into it. It's not as long. Uh, I appreciate the uh the quick pace of fantasy football as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Keep, well, that it makes tends sense. to keep people more interested. Right. I think that's what the I think that's the benefit. But I, I think fantasy baseball is a better game. What? Nothing. But I I don't even want to know what's happening there. Let's do some buy low and sell high. And we'll start you each gave me three of each, so this is good stuff. Chris, three three buy lows, please. Well, one of them started p- pl- pitching pretty well last night, Masahiro Tanaka. I'm also going with Manny Machado and Cal Seager. Manny Machado might be a bit too obvious, but I just I keep seeing people freaking out about Manny Machado, and I just cannot bring myself to be worried about him even a little bit. Okay, is, is he's still re- my number one shortstop. Okay, yeah. is there a reason why? What what is it that means that is making you completely he's- unconcerned? Career high. Hard hit percentage at 40%, uh, 
rest of his bad ball profile looks pretty much similar. Line drive rate's a little low. His isolated slugging percentage is right where it's been over the last two seasons. The the only thing is that his BABIP is 70 points lower than it was last season, and I just I don't see any reason to think that's going to sustain. I think he's going to have a very big stretch at some point. I think he's going to hit like Manny Machado from this point on. Okay. Now the other two, Kyle Seeger and Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, this this works out because Kyle Seeger hit a home run yesterday and Masahiro Tanaka pitched well. And I just Tanaka specifically, I haven't really seen any specific reason to think that he's just lost. It. Like his swing strike rates still very strong. Uh, actually, career best, one of the best in baseball. And I just, he's giving up too many home runs, but you're talking about relatively rare events over the course of a season. And I just, I don't know if the 12, the, the 18, 21 home runs that he's given up this season are indicative of some kind of new skill set, especially when he's still giving up fly balls at almost exactly the same rate as he always has. It's kind of interesting what they were talking about on the broadcast yesterday with this whole, you know, fly ball revolution, uppercut swing. And I had been saying, I had been you know, complaining about this for a while that Tanaka was just throwing down in the zone way too much or more like he wasn't throwing up in the zone enough. And maybe he should, you know, because, and they were talking about this on the broadcast. Maybe he should pitch up in the zone more because, you know, hitters are now conditioned to hit low pitches with that uppercut swing and that could lead to a lot of home runs. And I think, he, I think we're going to see him start using his four seam fastball more. He's throwing like 96 miles per hour last night, which I don't expect, but good velocity. And he threw his four-seamer 22% of the time, which is a season high. He threw it 12% of the time against Texas in a great start last week, which was second most all season. So I think you're going to see more of an effort of him throwing his four-seamer up in the zone a little bit more. And I do think that's really going to help Tanaka. The interesting thing about that is and um, there's been some data posted, and I don't remember who posted it, so you don't get any credit, sorry, on Twitter. It's me. About which pitches have led to home runs the most this year, and the four-seamer leads by a pretty good margin, like yeah. uh, per pitch. All right, that's I mean that's interesting. I just think in this particular case, it's a guy who needs to pitch more up in the zone. It's so it's maybe less about the four-seamer and more about the location, and that's the pitch he would use to change the eye level, in my opinion. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I. Go ahead. Pretty much, I I just I don't worry too much about this kind of. St- home run jump when there's not anything else underlying it, you know? Okay. And Kyle Seeger, uh, just to sum it up, very consistent player and like a, yeah. like a same argument as Machado, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like he's, he's become a little more fly ball heavy and that could be uh part of his issue, but it's not like he's hitting a bunch of infield fly balls that, that hasn't been an issue for him, which is something that we have seen with some of the fly ball revolution guys. Um, Still has a 37% hard contact rate. Actually has the lowest soft contact rate of his career. I just, I don't see any reason to think Kyle Seeger's not going to be exactly what he's been. I, I guess my question with the Kyle Seeger one is, if he's a 260, 265 hitter mm-hmm. with a 780-ish OPS, mm-hmm. is he a starting third baseman in fantasy? Yeah, I, probably. I don't, I don't know that he is. A what LPS? Seven, uh, before that, la- like at last year he was 859, but the 
three years before that, 764, 788, 779. No, but so I don't think I would expect him to go back to that. I would hope that because last year had a had a crazy amount of home runs and this year's following it up, that Kyle Seeger would have a better OPS than pre-2016. Yeah, that's that's basically my thought is that— Well, but if we're saying we're going to go back to what he's always been— Sure, okay. Adjusted. I would expect him to go back closer to what he was last season. Okay, yeah. Like what he's always been, but adjusted to the new environment. Does that make sense? Sure, yes. Okay. Uh, Heath, I'm going to ask for your buy lows here. Eric Thames was one of them, and then you have two Texas Rangers to buy low on. And then we're going to, instead of going to the sell high, I forgot to mention somebody else that I added that we should probably talk about because, uh, you know, it's my team and all. But uh, uh, Yes, yeah, for sure. Thank you. So other than Eric Thames, two buy low candidates, please. I guess we'll start with Rugnet Odor, and people are dropping him at an alarming rate, so picking him up may just be uh, the buy-low portion of Odor. But I don't see enough difference from what he's done in the past to suggest anything other than, and Chris won't like this, he's not any more likely to have a hot streak because he's been so awful. <laughs> but he's Rugnet Odor, and that's what he's done his entire career. I expect in the month of July or the month of August or July 15th to August 15th, he's going to have one of those stretches where he's one of the three or four best second basemen in all of baseball. I hope you're right, my friend. Could really use that from Rubenet Odor. He is popping up too much. He's got a 21% infield fly ball rate, which is weird because his fly ball percentage has actually gone down from where it was in 2016. It's gone down. It was really high in April. He was He was getting under the ball way too much. Yeah, but he's... The, the contact numbers all look pretty similar. A little bit more soft contact for Odor. Were expectations too high for Rugnet Odor? Yes. But he, he has a hot month, two months, maybe even just into the season coming. Cause that's the type of hitter that he is. And he just <laughs> hasn't had the hot streak yet. I do, I do have to point out how much I love that like he has a 33 homer season, 89 runs, 88 RBI, 14 stolen bases. So clearly expectations weren't too high for him last year. Well, they were because our expectations were a top four up second to, baseman. He lived he was up to not a top four second baseman. He lived up to expectations last but year. But he was not a top four second baseman. That's where we was Where ranked. was he ranked? Uh, he wasn't in points leagues. In roto leagues, he was probably pretty close. But I can like, actually tell you that Expectations right were now. not too high for Rugnetador. He was awesome last if, year. If we so rank a guy you're fourth claiming, and he finishes ninth at the you're position. You're claiming victory. I just, it, you're claiming victory 15 months later. He he was 11th in points and 7th in Roto. And we had him ranked as a top four. He lived up to expectations. That, I don't know. So that doesn't – where he finishes doesn't matter. There were some second basemen who finished ahead of him that nobody expected to. He probably he, – like, he lived up to expectations. If you drafted him as the number four second baseman and he was the number seven instead, he lived up to expectations. But in points leagues, he was number 11 and he, and he didn't. And right. in points leagues, you do have to value him a little bit differently. His yes, discipline kills you. Uh, by the way, his uh, Rootnet Odor's baseball reference nickname, which I don't see it right now on the site, but it used to be there. It was Stinky, and so you know that's <laughs> there's that. Um, and well, that's what he's been this year. Yeah, it sure, sure is. Your other Ranger to buy low on is Cole Hamels. The first start back from the disabled list was not good at all, but I think that's really going to cause people to have even more concern about Hamels than they probably should at this point. He took two months off. It's okay to be a little rusty in your first start back. I would be uh, very happy to buy him as a top 30 starting pitcher the rest of the way. So I agree to a certain extent, but it's not just the first start back from the DL. 
Yep. Like he right. had 15 strikeouts and 12 walks in his first 33 innings of the season. Yeah, and and That's Cole really Hamels bad. had a one three one whip last year, but you know as long as he gets within 50 percent of where we had him ranked, he's fine. But like, okay, so I hope you're right. I mean, that would be big for me, but. Uh, like if somebody offered me Cole Hamels for Jamison Tyone, I I almost feel like I'd have to do that, but oh, I, yes. I I wouldn't I'd feel good about Tyone. it. Yeah, I don't know that I would do it actually. I would do it, Maybe happily. Chris, you wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. No. All right. Uh, now that we are done with the buy lows, let me tell you who I added yesterday in a twelve-team points league. Kyle Schwarber. I forgot to talk about this angle here with the Cubs. Does Kyle Schwarber come back and catch a little bit? Now that Montero's off the team. It's possible, but like he, he's going to hit first. He has not yet in AAA. Um, Caught or hit? Uh, either. <laughs> he's got eight strikeouts in, or seven strikeouts in 11 plate appearances oh, so far, and he on. hasn't caught yet. Jeez, what is with this guy? Get a hit, my friend. Kyle Schwarber is owned in 81% of leagues, but... That's too high. Yeah, am I going to have to drop him again? Great. Okay, let's do some sell highs. Heath, you can go first. Three sell highs. Well, the nice thing about when you asked us for buy lows or sell highs, there's like a free square, and I decided to take that one with Salvador <laughs> Perez. Uh, you've got another two to three weeks of top five catcher production before Salvi gets tired, and you've got to sit him down. So, uh, yeah, I'd definitely be looking to sell high on him just because we've seen this every year of his career. Okay. Uh, and two more. Uh I think maybe there's a little bit more excitement about Malik Smith than what I have. And so if you can get somebody to buy him as like a must start type outfielder, I don't think, I don't expect him to be anywhere close. Like he's going to have speed, but I don't expect him to be anywhere close to this offensive level of production the rest of the season. Malik Smith. All right. Salvador Perez, Malik Smith. And your third. So I had this one warms my heart. Oh, it's a typical Heath thing because I was telling you at the beginning of the season that you were too low on Gio Gonzalez and I liked him, but now the perception I'm afraid is shifting the other way. He has one of the best DRAs in all of baseball despite the fact he's got some of the worst control numbers. Right. So, so yeah, if you if I could get Gio, like maybe you can sell Gio Gonzalez for Cole Hamels. That, see, that I would do without hesitation. Chris, how about you? Would you give up Cole, uh, Gio Gonzalez for Cole Hamels? Yeah, definitely. But that means that obviously you and I like Jamison Tyone better than Gio Gonzalez. Yes. How about you, Heath? Um, I have them in a, in a very similar range. I don't understand. I don't understand. You don't understand what? <laughs> I don't. I just don't understand the the gap in how we view Jamison Tyone. I just don't. I don't understand. Well, you're expecting him to morph into something that he's never been. Okay. I think and he was last year, though. I, I like I said. I mean, was he, he a top twenty starting pitcher last well, year? He didn't pitch that much, but ERA, low ERA, and low WHIP. You know, that's you know, good ERA and low WHIP. Uh, I think. Okay, let me. What were his numbers last year? Let's see. Jamison Tyone. Anybody got it? Who wants? It's a race. Yeah, I think it's got to be Chris because everything is. Uh, yeah, everything's going really. I got it. Three thirty-eight ERA, one point one one five. Whip in 104 innings. I mean, if you do that, that for 200 that's innings, that's that's a really good pitcher. But I know he'll only 7.4 strikeouts, but it's up to 8.1 this year. 
Uh, gets and the whip's up to 1.34 this year. Yes, because he's walking 3.2 per nine. But that's the thing. Like if he and he's, I think he's basically stopped walking people. That was kind of an early in the season thing, Jamison Tyone. So I guess uh, to keep this conversation going, I would view him as a buy low. But Tyone? I just, I just have a lot of faith in him, and not everybody else does. I don't like. I don't view him negatively. I, I I've definitely got him as a top 50 starting pitcher. Yeah. Um. I yeah, just, I guess I just like I don't see why he's not higher than Gio Gonzalez. I I think Gio Gonzalez has more upside than Tyone. I expect Gio, Gio Gonzalez to probably throw more innings than Tyone. I expect Gio Gonzalez to get a lot more wins and strikeouts than Tyone. Okay, like the innings, maybe it's not like Gio Gonzalez is like routinely going 200 innings because he's pretty inefficient, right? Um, but the wins for sure. The strikeouts, yeah, but not a huge gap. I would expect Tyone's going to have a much lower whip and probably a much lower ERA. Okay, let's move on to Chris's three sell-high candidates. Go! Wait, just go back real quick. Why a, a much lower whip and a much lower ERA? Because he has a one three four whip Because right he now. has much better control. And he's a ground ball pitcher. <sighs> It's just, and there's not a big control problem, but it's been fixed now. Yeah, we're talking about fifty something innings where his his walks per nine is a little bit like he has six or seven more walks than you would expect over this stretch. Like I, he had fantastic control in the minors. He has fan, he had fantastic control last season. He had a seven start stretch this season where his walks were a little high. Like, he basically walked one batter per start more than you would expect based on everything he's done in his career. And I still think he's 25, but there's still, he's still relatively early in his developmental curve because right. he missed those two in- seasons with Tommy John and then a completely unrelated abdominal injury. I just do think one of the reasons his walks seem low in the month of June is because he's throwing five or six innings. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's two walks in five innings is not Jameis and Tyone controlled. There's two walks in six innings. We don't expect him to be a three walks per nine guy. No. And if I, he is, he's not, he's not, so it's not fixed. It's, it's still not happening. Fixed. It's not fixed. I didn't, I didn't say it was I did. fixed. I said, I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not fixed. But, um, I, I, I believe I'm that just Tyone not worried get about there. it. I just don't think it's representative of his skill set. I don't think it's representative of who he's been throughout his entire career. Okay. Chris's three sell high candidates. I don't feel great about George Springer as a sell-high candidate, but I'm going to do it because I have to be consistent. He has a 33.3% home run to fly ball ratio, and I just don't see how that's sustainable. He's going to have a high home run to fly ball ratio because he's a pull hitter who plays in Minute Maid Park, but he probably should have more like 16 to 18 home runs, and that's a... That's a much different player. Like we're not looking at George Springer quite the same way if yeah. he hits, you know, 16 home runs and hit the RBI and runs are lower as well. He's got what 24, 25 home runs. 24. <laughs> so Springer's on like a 50 homer pace, 73 games, 24 home runs, yeah. and he hit 29 last year in 162 games. Uh, yeah, he's on a 50 homer, 130 run, 110 RBI pace right now, and a home run yeah. in three straight games. Okay. So, I, like I think he's going he, to score well over 100 runs if he plays all season. Yeah, that if you part. sell high on on him, it's got to oh, be yeah. it's got to be like top top 5 to 10 hitter or or, or yes. ace pitcher, ace pitcher maybe. 
Yeah. yeah, that's that's the the target that I'm looking for. I'm looking for maybe a a hitter who's been a little disappointing. Chris Bryant might have been a good example before yesterday. Manny Machado. Manny Machado, I think, is a great. Manny Machado, yeah, I would rather have Manny Machado than George Springer. Yes, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm sure we all would. Xander Bogarts is uh, another sell high candidate. So. Xander Bogarts just continues to defy the odds. Uh, last year he has the 21 homers. This year he only has five. But he's made up for it by hitting 316 with the 373 Babbitt. That's something he did two years ago in 2015 when he had 372 Babbitt with a 320 average. But he's got a 20% infield fly ball rate. And you just can't sustain that kind of Babbitt while giving away that many outs. Um, I think he's probably going to come back to around a 330 BABIP, and if the power doesn't turn around, then you're looking at probably a 280 hitter who doesn't hit for power or steal that many bases. Uh, let me give you a little bit of an argument. This, this is one of my favorite arguments. Uh, it's the he's good argument. And sure. there are I like it. two players that come to mind with the he's good argument to different degrees. Uh, one is Jason Kipnis, who just seemed to be like a different player every year. Uh-huh. And at the end of the day, he's still, he's good. So he became, he was a good second baseman for you. And the other was Brett Gardner. One year he steals a lot of bases. One year he doubles a ton. One year he homers. This year he's homering. Uh, but he's just a good player, you know? Bogart's probably more talented than both of those guys. So it's like, so far in his young, young career, yeah, Bogart's is hard to figure out who exact, who he exactly is, but you're getting production at the end of the day. Isn't that what matters? So his infield fly ball rate, I, that's the percentage of his fly balls that turn into infield mm-hmm. fly balls. And he has an exceptionally low this year fly ball rate. Yep. Down to 26.7%. I guess the issue I would have is we, we did see in 2014, but still he had, he, where he didn't really have the great average or the great power. And he didn't have great power last year, but he hit 294. I don't know that I see his BABIP coming down a lot. Unless he starts hitting more home runs. Because the hard contact's actually better than it was last year. He's just hitting 74% of his batted balls on the ground or on a line drive. And I, I, so he's I love, gonna have a really high BABIP. I love how right. I try to, I try to take it to like the most basic baseball level. Not get into anything advanced with Xander Bogarts with the he's good argument. And you guys, I, well, I'm the midfield fly ball right. right. No, I, I agree with all of those things, except that in 2015, when he had the similar batted ball profile, a lot of line drives, a lot of ground balls, he had 14 infield fly balls all season. He has 13 already. It's hard to, it's just really hard to sustain a 30, a 370 Babbitt. Right. But is, his infield fly ball rate over half of this season when he's not hitting very more fly balls more sticky than what we've seen over his career. Like, uh, do we just expect well, him to keep hitting a lot of infield fly balls be, this year? We've seen him be a high infield fly ball rate guy in his career anyway. Right. 14% for his career, uh, like 19% over the last two seasons. So, yeah, I think... Xander Bogarts is probably someone who's going to hit more infield fly balls than your typical hitter, which means he's probably going to be a lower than 370 BABIP guy. That's not necess- that's not to say he's going to be a bad BABIP guy. I'm just saying he's probably going to regress to 330, 340. Okay. Which is a very that's his career rate. But, but when if then, he like regrets what, 
who, what are you selling him for? You know, what do you, what do you expect him, what do you expect Bogarts to be? I, if I could trade him for someone like Francisco Lindor that people are probably worried about right now, I would absolutely do that. Okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, now before we get to Chris selling high, before we get to Chris's, uh, third sell high, I just need to tell you again about Buffalo Wild Wings and sports season because whoever invented summer was obviously a sports fan. They didn't even try to hide it. Playoff hockey, playoff basketball, the opening of both soccer and baseball. It's a clear display of favoritism, and the other seasons didn't stand a chance. With three months of clutch playoff drama and the awakening of new seasons, it's clearly the work of a sports fan. They might as well call it sports season. And, in fact, Buffalo Wild Wings does call it sports season. Don't ever call it summer. That's not what it is. It's sports season. They're just waiting on the legal change. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Chris, give me your last sell-high candidate, please. It's Robbie Ray. Uh, I know he's been great. 2.87 ERA is fantastic. The the whip has come way down, but it's almost all because his BABIP is 270. His walk rate's actually higher than it was last year, and he's up to 11.2%. Now, the strikeout rate is elite. He's an elite strikeout pitcher, but... I don't see any reason to think that he's just fixed the issues. And, you know, maybe he's not the 4-9 ERA pitcher anymore, but he's probably closer to the 3-6 FIP or 3-7-9 XFIP guy that he is. And that's a useful pitcher. But somebody might be viewing him as an ace right now, and I think that's a good time to sell high. Robbie Ray. So the- Would you rather have Tyone than Ray? No, I'd rather okay. have Ray. Okay, the, 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 the buy lows and sell highs that we gave you. Chris says buy low on Tanaka, Machado, and Seager. Heath says buy low on Thames, Hamels, and Odor. Heath says sell high on Salvador Perez, Malik Smith, and Gio Gonzalez. And Chris says sell high on George Springer, Xander Bogarts, and Robbie Ray. We got news and notes and the rest of yesterday to get to here, so... The news and notes. Yankees and the Red Sox are interested in Martin Prado, according to Bob Nightingale. I would love to know why. Bob Nightingale, please tell me. Not that I don't believe you, but why. Uh, Detroit could be looking to shop Justin Verlander, according to Yahoo. Drew Smiley will have Tommy John surgery. Michael Conforto remains out with a hand injury. The Yankees are concerned that Greg Bird won't be able to play this season. That's according to the Yes Network. Chase Anderson. Oh, did I mention that? I Actually, I think I skipped. Uh, whatever. Chase Anderson's on the DL with an oblique injury. That stinks. Oh, we talked about yeah, that we, because we hitters. It. Yeah, DH. Um, St. Louis sent a led Miss Diaz to Triple A. Yonder Alonso left after fouling a ball off his knee. He thinks he could play today. Avi Garcia uh, is going to have an MRI on his knee. MRI could mean DL. Steven Strasburg left with back spasms, but should be fine. He had a great start. Addison Russell could start today. Ben Zobris will begin a rehab assignment today. If you're looking at Alex Avila, hasn't been playing all that much lately. I'm not sure what the split is going to be, but they've faced a lot of lefties, and it's pretty clear that Avila is going to sit for James McCann against lefties. So I'm hopeful, because Avila homered yesterday, I'm hopeful that Avila will play more when there are more righties on the schedule. Uh, Brandon Finnegan back on the deal with a tricep strain, and Zach Cozart should be back in the next few days. Let's go to the next segment. Oops, I homered again. <laughs> Curtis Granderson homered again. React. Can't stop playing him. He's been really good for a while now. It's weird. Yeah. Hopefully they trade him. He stole Michael Conforto's powers. I guess so. But he's last I checked, he's about thirty percent owned. Would you drop Steven Souza for Curtis Granderson? I would not. I probably wouldn't. 
Okay. Every time I tell you who homered, I want you to say something really, really insightful. Elvis Andrews homered again. Elvis Andrews has been better than Francisco Lindor over the last calendar year. Uh, I posted the numbers on Twitter, I think yesterday or the day before. He's hitting like 300 with 15 homers and 30-plus steals over the last 365. I think we just have to buy into Elvis Andrews as like a legitimate breakout. I completely buy into Elvis Andrews as a 300 hitter. I completely buy into him as a 30 steal guy. I I would set the over-under on his home runs the rest of the season at like five. He has 10 now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinson Chirino, 6% owned, has a home run in four straight games. Because he doesn't play that much, he's 20th in points, but Chirinos is the number 11 catcher in Roto, and Chirinos is 6% owned. Something insightful about Robinson Chirinos? Should be more, more than 6% owned. Okay, great. Chris Davis double-donged. Chris Davis is the best Chris Davis. <laughs> there you go. There is. Miguel, yes. Miguel Cabrera has three home runs in his last seven games, a home run in two straight games, but only six hits and 24 at-bats in that stretch. I mean, earlier he was hitting the ball really hard and not getting much power to show for it, and now he's getting power and nothing else. I think Miguel Cabrera is going to be just fine. Miguel Cabrera is still a very good first baseman. Travis Shaw has homered in three straight games, and he has a new career high, 17 home runs. Travis Shaw. He's pretty good. Travis Shaw in my mentions on Twitter is my favorite way to w- wake up in the morning. <laughs> is so Travis Shaw a better option at first base than Matt Carpenter? No. He yeah. is not, but I would take him in third base over Kyle Seeger. Josh Bell has three home runs in his last seven games, and Tommy Joseph has three home runs in his last six games, and neither of them are top 24 first basemen this year. Uh, I believe in Tommy Joseph more than I do Josh Bell at this point. I believe in Josh Bell more than I do Tommy Joseph at this point. Very helpful, guys. Scooter Jeanette is 42% owned. He has nine home runs in June, four of them in one game. But, look, Jeanette's hitting great. 306, 12 home runs this year. 42% owned, Scooter Jeanette. I believe in both Josh Bell and Tommy Joseph and Curtis Granderson and Elvis Andrews more than I do in Scooter Jeanette right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he's hot, and he can't hit lefties still, but... You know, maybe daily. Well, he's probably expensive in daily, but good against righties. Scooter Jeanette. Josh Reddick, 42%. Did not homer, but still gets What is this. he doing in this section? Because he has three doubles, one triple, two home runs, seven RBIs, and two steals. Yesterday, at least. Two steals since coming off the seven-day concussion uh, DL. I think only two steals in that stretch, but two of them were yesterday, both of them. Um, Reddick's been, in game. Reddick's been great. And not only that, his manager... Uh, AJ Hinch was like, he is so good. He does something every game. Just raved about him. And he's having a really good year, but not that good in fantasy because he sits against lefties uh, enough. Reddick. He's a must start in a five outfielder league and he's probably not useful in your three outfielder league because of that not hitting lefties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have anything to say about Steven Strasburg or Marcus Stroman? Steve Strasburg's very good. Marcus Stroman's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Stroman is, uh, man, one of these days he's going to have a stretch where he's just like this for a half a season or something, and we'll look at him like Dallas Keigel. Okay. Right now he's a little frustrating. Yeah, because he just came off his worst start and had one of his best starts, Stroman. 
The next four pitchers, I want you to tell me if you think they are must-own or if you could see yourself dropping them for a two-star pitcher, for a hot outfielder, like whatever it is. Rick Porcello, Felix Hernandez, Steven Matz, Zach Godley. Porcello, Felix, Matz, Godley, are they must-own players? I cannot see myself dropping any of these players in a 12-team league or larger. Zach Godley does need to be owned. Uh, he's only 84%, but he's getting strikeouts. He's avoiding walks pretty well. He's getting ground balls. I, I think he needs to be much more than 84% owned. So I couldn't see myself dropping Matts or Godley. But the first two, believe it or not, Porcello and Felix. Like, Porcello, I guess I wouldn't have the guts to do it, but I don't know what we're waiting for at this point. He's a 506 ERA, a 151 whip. Um... Felix doesn't have one game with more than 10 swinging strikes. He has been in the strike zone a lot more this year. He's barely walking anybody. He's given up 52 hits in uh, 38 and two-thirds. He has a 1.53 whip. Like, I feel like it would be a little gutsy because Felix is widely owned. I feel like I would cut him loose if I, if I, ha- if I really wanted someone. Um, I'm just, I'm not sure I'd rather have Porcello. I look at them very similarly. I mean, he's had two starts back from the disabled list, and both were quality starts, right? Who? Felix? Felix. Uh, yeah, six innings, three runs against Philadelphia, six innings, three runs against Houston. And that's not the barometer of a great starting pitcher, but if you do that every time out in today's environment, you are pretty close to must-own. I mean, let's say Carlos Rodon were out there. And Felix is the worst pitcher on my team. Could could be. Yeah, maybe your team. He's not good. I like he's not good. He's got a one five three whip. He doesn't he doesn't get swinging strikes. He gets hit. He gets hit a ton. He wasn't good last yeah. year. Um. Yeah, but I just. Oh God, he's. About, I don't know. The three seventy BABIP is just. It's too high. He's gonna McCutcheon. He's about to McCutcheon me. I shouldn't have said that. He's. Gonna... I, yeah, I think he's probably like. He's not. He's not King Felix anymore. But he can still be like Rick the crown prince of Felix. Well, he's got nice matchups next week, so I think you got to keep Felix, even if you think I'm crazy. I'm gonna not. add him to the buy low. I'm gonna try to trade for him. And it's worth really? noting on Stephen Matz. None of us really expressed any skepticism. He has a four percent swing strike rate so far. Yeah. And you know um, what, Chris? It seems to be somewhat intentional for Steven Matz because he's not throwing a slider. He wants to stay healthy yeah. and he's trying to pitch to contact to get deeper into games. And um that's good. That's great. Stay healthy. But you can't be an effective pitcher with a four percent swing strike rate. That has to go up. And if he can't do that without throwing a slider, then he's not going to be an effective pitcher. Felix Hernandez has Oakland and Kansas City in a two-star week next week. So you, you have to start him, I'd say. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. Heath, tell me like, what about him makes Felix Hernandez a buy low? Uh, the perception of him and how bad he was last year, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's worth noting he was bad, but he wasn't a disaster. Like, he had a 390 ERA last year, right? Yeah, but look at the strikeout rate last year. Yeah. We, we combined that. What was his whip? How do you I'm not, just saying, do you he not wasn't know, like... I'm asking. How do you not know this off the top of your head, Chris Towers? I, I don't have it in front of me. He, But he wasn't... No longer the best show ever. He wasn't, <laughs> uh, like, a disaster on the level of, like, 
say every Rick Porcello season before last year. Yeah. He had a 1-3-2 whip and a 3-8-2 ERA last year. Like Felix Hernandez last year would have been Rick Porcello's best season before 2015 or 2016, right? Second best, I think. I think he did have one year better than that, but the point stands. Let's finish the show with some emails here. Um, from Brian. Nope, I read that yesterday. That was a great the trade. How are we going to have the best show ever when you're pulling this junk? <laughs> from Bob. Drop Josh Bell for Eric Hosmer in a dynasty league? In a dynasty league, yeah. I... Uh, yes. You'd rather and, have Hosmer and I say this Bell? as the Hosmer skeptic. Hosmer's an odd What do you hate about Josh Bell? He's not that good. Like, he just hasn't shown us anything in the majors. He walks. He's going to hit 30 homers this year. Okay. He's 24 years old. Okay. He's got... 775 OPS last year and 773 this year. Uh-huh. Like he's basically Kyle Seeger. Okay. Oh, in the old environment. All right, next email. Um, next email. You guys just disagree there, Hill. Uh, Josh in Iowa. How much longer do I wait for the bum, for the bum likes of Carlos Santana, Rugnet Odor, and Gregory Polanco in a 10-team categories league? You go down with the ship, man. Uh, yeah, no. I think I've actually dropped Polanco in a 10-team league. Absolutely. Three outfielder. And and Carlos Santana in a 10-team categories league, I I think you can get away. Unless OBP is a category. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and Odor is not one of my top 10 second basemen. So, <laughs> I guess, actually. I guess it depends on what the <laughs> what the rosters look like, right? How many bench spots you have. Yeah. But if it's daily well, and, lineup changes. And if you're playing two cor- corner infield, middle infield. DH. Right, right. Like, they're not must-drop guys. But no, but they're not must-own either. In a 10-team categories league, yeah. Uh, this is a keeper head-to-head categories league question from Chi-Town, Chi-Town Ron. Chi or Chi? I always never... Chi-Town. Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, but is it Chi or Chi? Or is Ch- it Chicago or Chicago? So it's Chi-Town is what you're yes. saying? Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you. For 2017 and beyond, would you guys drop Yelich or Jackie Bradley Jr. for Michael Conforto? Uh, yeah. I, I would drop Bradley for Conforto. I'd drop Bradley for Conforto. This is Lou in Connecticut. Would you drop Junior Guerra for any of these guys? Danny Salazar, Ryu, yep. Corbin, Norris, and Pelfrey? Salazar. P.S. Oatmeal versus Farina has been a fight between me and my brother since we were born. Team Oatmeal for sure. Where does Malto Meal fall in this? Don't know what that is. You made that up. Yeah, you, that's a, that's not a thing. No, Malto Meal is most definitely a thing. I just don't know which of the two things that you guys are talking about it is. Uh, my there's Malto Meal in my house right now. I just don't. I have never heard of it. it. Malt O. So it's like Malt O Meal, like three Malt O Meal. Words. Yes. This looks more like a Farina to me. Really interesting stuff. So now it's officially the best show we've ever done. Thank you. And uh, Heath and Chris, good job. We will talk tomorrow. Get people set for Fantasy Week 14. How Holy cow. Talk to you guys. That, uh, I don't know who's on the show tomorrow. I don't care. Talk to the <laughs> I'll listeners. I'll be there. <laughs> best show ever tomorrow. Talk to the listeners tomorrow. See ya. Oh.